What's up, what's up, Set Apart fam? I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Walnow, and today is super real. My friend John Postel reached out to me and was like, hey, Jamie Lynn, this is really on my heart and I'd like to share about being a peacemaker in the midst of chaos, tragedy, and racism. And we have such a long history of friendship. I was in their wedding. His wife is one of my best friends. They were a part of our wedding. I really love this family and I trust John. And what I love is um, we've grown up a lot um, in the same church community. And so all this to say, I was joyfully delighted to hear that he wanted to talk about this on this podcast. And it's important to me that those who discuss this are doing it from a place that is being called set apart. So I think this is going to be super helpful. John is a very kind, humble man. He is very much so a powerhouse communicator. And I just believe the Lord is releasing him right now to speak up and to take action. And he's empowering us to speak up and take action. So share this with your friends. I hope that this is insight insightful. It was an hour and 15 minute long interview. So I did splice it to make it shorter to dive into the main topic because we had a lot of discussion at the beginning. Sorry, you're going to miss out on that. But at the same time, I hope you're coming around the table with your friends to ask questions and most importantly, to listen, to really listen. So love you guys. I hope you enjoy. If you find value in this, share it, subscribe, leave a written review. Let me know what your thoughts are and what other topics you'd like to hear because the Set Apart fam is growing and I'm so honored that you are taking part in today's episode with the one and only John Postel. What's up, what's up, Set Apart fam? I'm super pumped because my boy, John Postel. What's up? Is joining us today. And we are diving in and we are addressing how important it is to be a peacemaker in the midst of tragedy, chaos, and clearly racism and the topic of racism that's going on in America and the world. So John has a really beautiful message to share with us and encourage us in. So um also john i was thinking today did you know that we've known each other a little bit over nine years wow wow that's wild because i think i think when i think about our relationship i think that it's so cool that the things that we're talking about is in the context of family i mean we're family it is what you're my sister yeah you're my brother you do feel like family um it's just so cool and that's why too i even just want to encourage people who are tuning in um I wanted to address this, and I'd like you to speak into this before we get going. I already feel emotional. There's so many emotions coming up. I have so many friends who are directly affected by this. But here's the deal. I want to encourage people. There's such a pressure to respond a certain way, which I'm sure you'll address later. But I just want to encourage you guys. This is what we're doing. We're, we're, having, we're inviting you to a table that John and I are sitting at, and John is going to share. And I'm going to ask him questions that are real and authentic but I can ask him these questions because I have deep relationship. And so we want you to hear around the table because you may not have relationship with people of color because you just don't and you need to know what to do. And we're hoping that this helps bring awareness. But um, yes, I think too, um, as a white woman, there's a lot of insecurities and things that can come up in the sense of like feeling shame, feeling condemnation, People are pointing their finger and getting angry, which is not the heart of God. Accusations, oh my goodness. And so our heart is that you feel love and that you can share this with your friends who are 
needing more wisdom and insight. And I encourage you to share it with white people. I just can say that out the gate um, with Asians, with white people, with Indians, with Latinos, whatever it is. Like, I, I encourage you to share this. Um, anyways, but this has been what my husband and I have been doing is really connecting with our friends at a table. Um, and I think that's one of the most important things I can do right now as well as pray. But anyways, all that to say, I hope that's, I just wanted to, I just wanted to speak to, and I hate even saying that because I don't want to bring that's any so good, though. That's, yeah. so, that's so good though, Jamie Lynn, if I, if I may interject there, because I, I was on a, a phone call last night, um, for, for three hours, just talking about this and with a group of people and, um, relationship is so key and at the end of the day when it comes to relationship uh it doesn't matter what race you are because uh we were having a conversation and me and another african-american girl have very differing uh opinions and viewpoints or actually i take that back we didn't have very different opinions and viewpoints we just we didn't know each other so when she was speaking and i was speaking there was a disconnect and we didn't understand where we were coming from so we, we were questioning one another, trying to get and gain understanding, which is so needed in this hour, is the ability to dialogue, to, be, to remain in love, to remain empathetic, and to carry a spirit of understanding, which is one of the seven great spirits of God. We need in this hour a spirit of understanding. So good. And many people do not want to carry and walk in that spirit of understanding. And so what we're seeing is this clash this clash of ideals, this clash of opinions, and, and no one wants to, to, to take a moment and say, you know what, I don't necessarily agree, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that, that's my view, but I understand. And I'm going to choose to step into understanding, and I'm going to work towards understanding, because let's, let's, let's not pretend that these conversations are not exhausting. I think we have to be real and say, this is, I spent three hours, my whole weekend, I was on, on vacation uh, just for the last week, and most of it was revolving around this conversation, um, and I've been talking my head off about this, but it's so needed. We gotta be okay with getting in the trenches yeah. and talking and discussing and connecting our hearts together so that we can come out with solutions as we fast as we pray as we talk like we've got it and you're doing right now the hard work and many others are doing the hard work that is exhausting it's tiring it is not easy to talk about these things especially uh repetitiously mm -hmm. as much as we're talking about it but that's what it's gonna take we cannot let this conversation die thank you you know one thing i want to say to the set apart fam tuning in you will not see me respond on Instagram and Facebook the same way I would on this podcast because I feel like I go a little deeper here um, in the sense that I, I have to say, even from my standpoint, I've been listening. We talked, um, you, Katie, and I talked as I was driving in, as Lance and I were moving for two hours on the phone, um, as I was driving and I was like, we just talked for two hours, but it flew by, but that was I, I think I had told y'all, I haven't been, it was like um, the Tuesday, everything was happening, or Wednesday, and I don't remember, and I just remember I hadn't been able to process anything yet, um, so we were talking a little bit around it, I don't think you had been able to process too much of it yet, but 
I loved what you were saying and we were both like, yeah, getting fired up on the phone. But then I think for me, what I realized is, you know, we had two friends come over and I always ask just straight up as in relationship with my friends. I'm like, do you prefer me saying that you're black or African-American? Like, what do you prefer? Like, I always ask my friends, what do you prefer me to say? Um, and when referring to you or other people, because sometimes that can be really uncomfortable for others because I yeah. friends that are literally from Africa and they're like, I prefer African or I prefer Nigerian or I, you know what I mean? It's like, right. um, so all that to say, that's one step, but also for me, I may not agree, but I also don't literally have the experience that my friends have that are sharing their heart, but they are hurting. And I told one of my friends, um, which you're not going to hear this on any other platform, me say, because I don't think it's necessary. But to me, I think this podcast, it's necessary, if that makes sense. Um, because I don't want to give into peer pressure to share what I think people need to know that I'm saying. I, I'm really being led by the spirit here. And that to me is super important during this time is not giving in to the broad path, but what's the narrow path with the spirit of God right now. And it's exhausting for me to hear my friends, not like in a please stop talking, but like in an emotional roller coaster, because I'll be sitting with one who's like been knocking and telling me they've been hurting for years and I'm repenting because I haven't known, I didn't have the maturity to hear them tell me I'm hurting, I'm hurting, I'm hurting. I was hearing, I'm a victim, I'm a victim, I'm a victim, which doesn't matter, should have been there anyways. But now we have the depth and relationship to connect on that way. Whereas another friend spends the night and is processing with me how she's doing. She's like, has a totally different response. Same, same, all, all are similar, but very different in because of experience just like all white people grew up differently. Um, and she's like, my response has to first and foremost be that I'm a daughter, not that I'm black. And I'm like, wow. So even for me filtering through, not one person's right or wrong. I'm just listening. I'm listening and I'm praying and I'm saying thank you for sharing. And I'm asking questions that I feel led to ask, or I'm just even saying, hey, you don't have to talk about this right now, but just know that I'm here and I'm praying for you by name is another thing that's been happening. So all this to say, I would say there's been like, I want to say that there's been like 15 or 20 hours of conversation that I personally have had in the past week with my friends. Wow. And it's been a lot. So all that to say, I'm like, that could be why I was taking a nap yesterday. But I just want to encourage people. <laughs> normally, I normally wouldn't talk this much on the podcast, but I just want to encourage you. This is really important and it's okay that it's tiring but like sometimes you just got to do something tired because we've got it. We've got to keep tilling the ground and then we'll build up stamina to understand. But like yes. we're never too tired to ask God what a solution is and how to move forward. So anyways, you bring up, you bring up, you bring up a good point, um, Jamie Lynn. And, and with the specifically with the uh, victim mentality mindset bec uh, and, a, or, or those who are quick to, uh, use that language uh, because I've come to terms with that language of, of victim mentality because I have been guilty myself of looking at my community, uh, looking at the black community and say, well, man, we can't be victims because I think we're greater than that. But here's the thing. No one wakes up in the morning wishing and hoping to be a victim of society's atrocities. No one. So whether that is somebody, and I'm going to be really raw and honest, whether that is somebody who has um, been perpetrated on from a sexual harassment standpoint uh, or rape 
or whatever it may be, uh, or whether a child who had a father leave him, or whether uh, a, a mother who, or a, a wife who had a husband um, uh, cheat, uh, so many different things. No one wakes up wanting to be a victim of those things. And, and we use that term sometimes, and we politicize it, and we use it so loosely that, oh, well, that's just a, we, it, it, well, that's just a victim mentality. You know, black people have a victim mentality when it comes to racism and issues and things that have happened to them and oppression. You know, don't be a victim. Well, here's the thing uh, about that is that when we say that, what we're really doing is we're dismissing the pain. We're dismissing the hurt and we become very dismissive our attitude towards um, the black community. I have been guilty. Let me say that again. I have been guilty of doing that myself and I've had to repent. Me too. And ask the Lord forgiveness because that hasn't helped anybody by telling them they have a victim mentality. Or even thinking and, it, because thinking yeah, it is or the even same as saying it. it is. Yeah, because now you, you, you suddenly, you suddenly remove uh, the heart and soul of a person because you're you're no longer you're you're not connecting to them because you've automatically dismissed them, and and if they do if they do have a victim mindset, then what you should probably be doing is saying why, and how can I help bring freedom to them because that victim mentality comes out of a hurt and a pain that is really real and really there, and instead of just labeling them as some as a victim, we we ought to be actually saying Lord. How can I be the one that carries the spirit of God in the spirit of reconciliation? How can I be the one to minister reconciliation to them and reconciling them back to you? That's the answer. And when I think about the African, if I, if I may just go ahead and start. But, I, but, but here's, the, here's the thing too. I, I love what you're addressing right here. And I want you to hop into Blessed Are the Peacemakers in Tragedy, Chaos, and Racism. What does it mean to you to be a peacemaker? And what does it mean? Um, because one of the things I feel like, um, and, and, and I want you to answer what I was asking. I'm about to say this because, I mean, I know we could go a lot of different ways, but um, I had to st take a step back because my call is to media. I wanted to run away from it. But the Lord, I think, was inviting me to stand rooted. And he was showing me where I am in him when all this came up because emotions feel like a roller coaster here. And I can hop on board with the ocean of people who are angry, or I can take a step back, hear his heart and move forward from that place and focus on Jesus while still implementing solutions from heaven on earth. So I wanna say, we've gotta check ourselves moving forward. And a peacemaker is not one who operates in slander, hate, anger, accusations, you name it, that is getting involved in the ways of the world and we play by a different set of rules in the kingdom of heaven. And I know that that's something you're really passionate about, John, and I've heard you say it many times in this interview. So what is a peacemaker and how can we be a peacemaker right now? What does that look like to you? So I think that being a peacemaker also, um, here, my, my thing is this, is that I, I really feel that um, that when we have these conversations, and let me back up. I, I, I think you know, 
I, I feel like I, I don't want to just give like my my quick answer so because I, I do have a quick answer but I, I want to give my more in-depth answer so um so excuse my hesitation um but I think that we have to sit with the Lord specifically those who are posting on social media uh and say is this peacemaking or is this dissension or does this drive more of a division because i don't think that we we don't stop speaking truth i don't think but it's it's how we deliver that truth uh i am i think the lord is refining us all uh i am so careful and learning to be more and more careful about how I speak about these things. Because the very last thing that I wanna do is hinder the progress of what we're hoping to accomplish uh, in our society, uh, in the church, in our nation. And so uh, I'm a passionate person, as you know. And my passion oftentimes will get the best of the conversation. And, and people just hear this passionate individual uh, but sometimes they might miss my heart. And I'm learning and growing and trying to learn and grow in the fact that I have to simmer down enough so that I can be led by the Holy Spirit. It's okay to have passion, but passion without wisdom uh, is destructive. Zeal, it's that zeal that we have. Zeal without wisdom is, is destructive. And I'm learning how to be patient as I talk, uh, as I communicate. So I think that's part of being a peacemaker. Part of being a peacemaker is being slow to speak and quick to listen, you know? That we, we, we sometimes might have to hold some things back and hold our tongue a little bit and bridle our tongue. As it says in James, that's what we're called to do as believers. And so I think about these issues and I think that one, we are not peacemakers if we are quick to politicize it or if we're quick to take a bias or side. That is not what a peacemaker does. First of all, a peacemaker's identity also, and let me say this to my black brothers and sisters, a peacemaker, and honestly, this is for everybody, but a peacemaker's identity out of Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the sons of God. So our identity doesn't mention race in that moment when it comes to being a peacemaker. Being a peacemaker has nothing to do with race whatsoever. And so I believe that to be a peacemaker, to be a peacemaker, uh, we have to choose to detach ourselves for a moment from our racial makeup. And we have to see ourselves and our identity rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus. You cannot be a peacemaker without the Prince of Peace. We need the Prince of Peace to become peacemakers. Jesus said in John, he said, my peace I give to you, I leave with you, my peace. And I believe that we need to take upon his peace and we need to cloak ourselves with it. 
and we need to not allow ourselves. There is a time and a place and a moment to deal with our emotions and our feelings and share those in safe spaces. Uh, but the greatest place that we need to outpour our emotions and our feelings is that it's right into the heart of God, specifically as believers. And so, and then do we have the capacity to help our fellow man? Then do we have the capacity to help others and to understand others? Because there can be no peacemaking without a spirit of understanding. Because if I don't understand you, then I'm going to become very quick to disagree with you. And if I disagree with you and I show that disagreement, then how am I making peace with you? I can't make peace with you if I don't have a spirit of understanding. And if I don't find some common ground, some commonality to choose to have a moment of agreement. And, and I think that that is the thing that is grieving the heart of the Lord the most in this hour. Is that he is seeing his people that are not carrying his peace. And I believe it. He's saying that's the very thing that I left with you. And, and then we are talking about being discomforted when he's given us the comforter. I think we do a disservice to the cross of Calvary when we allow ourselves to walk without the peace of God in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And those are the greatest things right now that believers need on either side we are all guilty we have all fallen short of this and my heart is lord i want to rise above the narratives in our nation specifically the political one i'm tired of the narrative it is wearisome i believe jesus has a better way i believe love is the only way walking in peace walking with the one who is the comforter the holy spirit is a better way. And so I challenge people to do that. I challenge people to do that. And, and as we, I'm assuming we, we're, we're almost close to ending. Yeah, but I want to point something out. Um, I love the wisdom and love that you walk in, John. It's absolutely beautiful. And um, one thing I've seen you do time and time again is you're so quick to apologize if you were wrong. And you're very teachable. And if there's a moment where you're not teachable, you're very quick to apologize and come back. Like you're so quick to be repentive. Like you're very, you're, you're, you walk in humility. And did you feel the whole conversation switch? I feel weepy when we started talking about the peacemaker. It shifted. Yeah, it shifted. I mean, there's a tangible peace that comes when we talk about him. And this is the very thing you're talking about doing because can you imagine if we came to the table with this? what we're feeling, like this posture right here, it's beautiful. It's like we're, you're literally doing and walking us through what we need to be doing right now. I think it's beautiful. Well, I, it's almost like, you know, as I think about our conversation in the, the past part of it, almost like, like, oh, Lord, I, I kind of want to nix that whole part. No, actually. I'll, <laughs> and, I'll talk, and just continue to continue on this yeah. because I think it's more fruitful yeah. uh, that in this hour, as as people, black or white, yeah. is that uh, the Lord showed me this. So it's that we walk in peace, we walk with the comfort, but the Lord showed me this, 
with with um, Joseph. And the Lord said, there is a destiny to the black community, uh, just as there is one to the white community or Hispanic or Asian. And we can't lump us all in one because we are a, if, if we do that, we do a disservice to the multifacetedness of who our creator is. Yeah. He is a creative God who created us all different and it's beautiful. And I believe the biggest issues of why we are unable as a body of Christ to come together, I have heard, unfortunately, why people say that, well, I can't go to a black church because they're a little too wild. I have heard black people say, I can't go to a white church because they're not wild enough. And I've been to Kenya and I've seen Africans worship and it is like otherly and it is glorious and beautiful. I've seen Brazilians worship and it is glorious and beautiful. And what we've got to begin to understand is that peacemakers and those who walk with the Holy Spirit know how to embrace diversity and differences. And the beauty of the body of Christ is that we are all fit and joined into along with our chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ, to build this beautiful, beautiful picture, this beautiful mosaic picture of, of, of the multifaceted God who is, who is coming back for a, a bride clothed and adorned in his glory from every tribe, from every tongue, from every nation. When people say sometimes that they don't see color, I say, well, that's unfortunate because I believe the Lord created us and he sees every beautiful multifacetedness of every expression that we are. And he sees our color, he sees our cultures, he sees our differences, and he did that on purpose because he is a God that is different. In, in, in heaven, when we consider the four living creatures, they are all different. The four living creatures are not all the same. And I believe that is a reflection of God's nature. He loves things that are different because that shows that his creativity and his creativeness, he didn't make all the animals the same. What if he'd have made all lions? Man. He did it. He made lions and lambs. And so I think about Joseph going back to that conversation. And the Lord showed me this because I believe this is the destiny of, of the black community and black believers. It's the same destiny of Joseph. Joseph's brother, threw, his brothers threw him into slavery, sold him. Our white brothers and sisters sold us into slavery. We were, we, were, we, were, we were sold by our white brothers and sisters and traded on blocks. But Joseph, when he was thrown into slavery, when he was lied on by Potiphar's wife, when he went through all the different things he went through, Joseph never, never allowed himself to become bitter. And if he did, he allowed the Lord to transform his heart and he sat with God and he pleaded and he cried out to the Lord. And he allowed God to continue to make his heart tender towards things that had happened to him. So Joseph becomes second in command because of the favor of the Lord and because he didn't allow himself to grow bitter. 
and angry and mad. Pharaoh sets him in second command. So famine comes. Famine comes. And not only does Joseph bless Egypt, but he also blesses Israel. And I believe, I get emotional talking about this because I believe that the black inheritance, the African-American inheritance is to be a blessing to America. And it's not only to bless America, but it's, it's to bless the nations of the earth. And I said this to someone else, but African-Americans, and, and you think about going to Big Mama's house to the barbecue in the African-American community, and she's not gonna let you go without food. Big Mama's gonna feed you. She don't matter what color your skin is. And if you give your seat up as a white person at the table, Black people are really by nature, I believe, they're passionate, they're genuine, they're kind-hearted people. They're gonna give you a seat back at the table because they want you to be there with them. At the end of the day, I think about a, a friend of mine uh, who grew up with, in gang activity and, and selling drugs and different things. This friend of mine in high school, I got into a fight with young African-American man. We got into a fight to, together. I don't know what it was about, but we fought. And then, you know, along our time in high school and, and whatnot, in middle school and high school, we end up becoming friends. Well, we end up becoming friends because we had a mutual struggle and he was able to look at me and I was able to look at him. Though we fought, though we had our issues, we empathized with one another based on our common struggle and other different things. And unfortunately, this young man was shot and killed and it broke my heart because this is somebody I fought with, but he yet became a friend of mine yeah. and a brother of mine. And I believe that just because for so long in our nation we have fought, and this is what, what fear does. Fear thinks it makes people believe this is the great fear that has been in our nation for so long is that black people are gonna come and take over and they just wanna hand out and they just want everything for themselves. When in reality, we just wanna do it together. Yeah. I think that's the heart of, and that's the heart of Joseph. Yeah. Joseph, his brothers come to him. Joseph could have rejected him. them. He could have said, no, I'm sorry, you guys threw me in the pit. But Joseph understood that his role because of what God had called him to was to become a blessing to those who persecuted him. Yeah. To those who oppressed him. He was to be a blessing. And guess what he did in that? He transformed the heart of a nation. So he good. transformed their heart. There's two things that you're well, all of this is phenomenal, and you can just feel the comforter. You can feel the spirit of God come in and bring comfort. And I have to say, one, we need the black community to rise up and be everything, everything that God created them to be. And I love what you're saying yes. because I understand that when some people say I don't see color, what they mean is people are equal. And I'm not speaking right. for anybody who says that. But right, yes, of course. Service. Like I remember I didn't I, I always wanted to be black when I was little. You I, I mean you know that story. I genuinely wanted to be black. I had a crush on all the black boys like I never liked the white kids. You know what I mean? Like I I didn't see color in the sense of I saw color clearly. That's ridiculous to say you don't. 
but I didn't realize there was anything different until a teacher pointed it out to me. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I feel like our natural nature is to celebrate the black community, to celebrate the Latino community, to celebrate the Asian yes. community, celebrate the Indian community, to celebrate the white community, that we would celebrate and learn from one another because there is a cry, there is a response, there is a power, there is a call on our black brothers and sisters that we have got to celebrate. And another thing I want to say with what you're saying that I think is so beautiful about the life of Joseph is what I love, one of the most powerful encounters I've ever had with God was he showed me that he saw our heart. He didn't see, clearly he loves us uniquely. He loved us as though we were 100% pure, loves us, not loved, loves us as though we're completely whole and doesn't see the sin, the sin past nature. He sees us as though he, if we saw ourselves and we could see one another the way that he sees us, it would be crazy. And so even when you hear somebody respond on social media, not the way that you would, please, before you accuse, before you jump to a conclusion, remember the heart of your friend. Remember the heart of the person, white people, remember the heart of your friend in front of you. Black people, remember the heart of your white friend in front of you. If we are yeah. misinformed, even the one thing I think too, and I think this will infuriate some people for me to say, but not on this podcast, the people that this would infuriate may not be listening, but even if you're white and somebody comes at you because you're not where you need to be yet in their eyes, come low, like be the peacemaker that John's talking about. Ask the Holy Spirit internally. I've had to ask the Holy Spirit many times internally, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying when I'm having hard conversations with people? But um, all this to say, I love, I love what you're saying. Um, I mean, there really is, 2020, we came in with all these prophetic words. It's going to be amazing. All your dreams, are, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, God did a lot. Yeah. He meant that. And if this is what it takes for us to address the evil that is racism, yeah. then God, let's lean in. Let's lean into God because he is the solution. Let's lean into one another for the solution. Let's lean in. Let's lean in. Let's lean in because that's what Joseph did. Yeah. It's so yeah. beautiful, John. I love the I love my, the story of Joseph and how you're bringing it up. So beautiful. I think my to a message to, to my white brothers and sisters is that also – uh, and I sh I've shared this with others, is that uh, specifically believers, and, and I think I'm going to talk to believers on this because I think that uh, we cannot allow and dismiss uh, while we are being empathetic and we're showing grace and, and, and wanting to have a spirit of understanding, my white brothers and sisters, uh, do not give permission for bitterness. I think, because I think there's a lot of uh, there's a narrative out there where there is a a, a um, there is a a what's the word? There is one sect. There is a sect of the white population that wants to uh, invigorate and perpetuate bitterness and hatred uh, and saying invalidate it from the black community and saying yes you should. And so they're telling them to smash stuff and loot and and break stuff and and they're assisting them in that, um, and that is not the way. Don't give permission to that, because that only enslaves us, that only keeps us bound. That is not the way. Instead, have compassion, 
have a spirit of understanding and call us higher. Call your black brothers and sisters in Christ to love, to unity, to coming together, to finding solutions together. Do not call us invalidate bitterness and anger and strife because you don't help black people in that way. You only cause them to, to draw further away from the Lord. You only cause them to, to grow deeper in pain because bitterness perpetuates pain and hurt. It doesn't help your pain and hurt. It only creates a cycle. You know, so I just want to encourage my white brothers and sisters that don't give way to that and validate it and do it tenderly. You don't give way to it by saying, hey, you shouldn't be bitter. No, you come tenderly, as Jamie Lynn said, you come low and you help assist African-Americans to a place of peace and comfort and hope in Jesus. And so I, I think that's so important to be said because I see that happening where there are a sect of the white population that wants to validate bitterness and anger and want people to stay there and saying it's okay. That's not okay. None, nothing in scripture says that bitterness and hopelessness is okay. And so you, you empathize with that for a moment, you understand it, and then you help call us into something greater. Together, we can, we can do this. That's so good, John. So while we close out, thank you so much for your time in speaking into, um, just speaking into this. I know it's something that we need to be talking about and we don't need to just let, like, don't get me wrong, Tuesday was really powerful. And for me, it was, the Blackout Tuesday was me personally being there for the friends that I've been at the table with. And of course, in all those I don't yet know, um, but it was recognizing, hey, this is where we're at. And I know, I'll be real, I know there's a lot of people white, black people, whatever, that don't agree with Blackout Tuesday because it is a form of Black Lives Matter and Black Lives Matter campaign stands for X, Y, Z. You've got to just be led by the spirit of God, period. Like you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit in all of this. There's so much, media is such a powerful platform. John and I talked about this briefly yesterday. Media is a powerful tool, but evil and darkness is also weaving its way in it. And you've got to understand, I know there's, a, there's something that um, you said earlier, when you're sitting with the Lord, when you see a poster, when you see something, check your heart and say, is this peaceful before you respond? Is this a peaceful response or is this a divisive response? Unfortunately, yeah. we live in a world where we're having to sift through even the content that's coming in. And so I encourage yeah. you to really, I love what you're saying, be slow to speak. Um, you, you said a lot. I was writing notes in my phone because my pen ran out. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> passion without wisdom is destructive. Be slow to speak and quick to listen. Hold back our tongue when we want to speak, when it's not in peace. Don't be quick to politicize things, which is bringing divisive language or, which to me, I would say is the left, the right, making it about the president, making about, I'm just like, guys, why all of a sudden is our president? And I'm not, I'm not, I don't agree with everything he said, but why all of a sudden are we pointing at our president for being racist when he has done a lot for the black community, but at the same time, I've never seen a president get in there and do everything for everybody. And if they did, they'd be very weak. Sorry, but they would be like, yeah. if we all celebrated one president, they'd be doing something wrong. I think, um, yeah. don't be quick to politicize <laughs> and, and to jump into the fact that identity is a child of God. 
when we're a peacemaker. It's not about race. And so when we can come to the peacemaker, I'm reviewing everything you've said. Um, the peacemaker, uh, when we come to the peacemaker, we cloak ourselves with his peace and we can come to one another from that place, which is so beautiful. And you said a lot of other things that are beautiful. So we do have an aerial view. We are rising above the political narrative because Jesus is the way, he is the solution, and that's who we need to be meeting with. And before you go into a meeting or phone call with a friend, I want to encourage you to sit with the peacemaker friends, like sit with the peacemaker and go into the conversation ready for anything with peace, Yeah. to combat it with peace and humility and love and understanding. I love, I love it. Anyways, John, thank you so much. Will you pray for um, those who are listening in? And if you have a word, awesome, but will you? We close it out with prayer. There's so many more other directions we could have gone. I just feel so much peace on. No, I feel peace. Yeah, this is great. Thank you. Jesus, we love you. And we declare our love for you, Jesus. Lord, I pray in this hour for our nation and the crisis that we are in, that we find ourselves in today. And Lord, I ask you, Prince of Peace, would you come and release peace in America? Yeah. I pray, God of justice, would you come and release justice in America? The righteous king and judge, would you come and bring forth righteousness? Lord, your plan is greater and better than anybody else's plan on planet Earth. You have all the answers. You have all power and authority and dominion. So Jesus, we seek your face. Lord, I pray right now that the greatest thing amongst believers that would happen is that we will look at you, Jesus. That we would look at your nail-scarred hands. That we would look at your lashed back. That we would look at your bruised head from the crown of thorns, that we would see you, Lord, in all of your beauty and glory, mm -hmm. that we would see your eyes that burn like fire with love for humanity. Lord, that we would behold you, that the body of Christ at this hour would rise above the narratives of our society, yeah. the narratives of our culture, the narratives of our politics, the narratives of our biases. Lord, we can help heal by the power of the Holy Ghost, yeah. can help heal the racial divide in our nation. So Lord, I'm praying and asking God that believers will go into their closets, would yeah. fast, would pray, would seek your face, O God of Jacob, that we are the generation who will seek your face. Yeah. And we say, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye ancient doors, yeah. so that the king of glory may come in. You are, Lord, the king of glory, strong and mighty and mighty in battle. Yeah. You can defeat, you can defeat this racism in our land. Yeah. Lord, I pray for humility. As you said that if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and seek my face, will turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven 
and I will come and heal their land. Yeah. Lord, we're asking you to come and heal our land. Show us, God, how we can be the solution, how we can put our hands to the plow. Mm -hmm. Lord, would you remove a mindset of us versus them and them versus us? Lord, would you bring unity? Lord, would you help us to embrace the beauty of our diversities? Would you give us, Lord, in this hour, in our nation, a spirit of understanding? And I pray that the gospel of Jesus Christ would run swift in this hour, God. That voices would arise with righteousness, with power, with wisdom, Lord. Cloaked in peace and humility and grace, God. Lord, I pray right now and I empathize with my white brothers and sisters who want to understand, but they simply don't. They want to see, but they cannot. Lord, I pray that you would remove the veil from their eyes, that you would help them see and oppress people and that you would help them, Lord, have a heart of compassion. You would tenderize their hearts, God, and that they would rise with love and with hope and with understanding. I pray, God, for my black brothers and sisters, God. Lord, that you would let them know, God, that if no one else listens or hears that you are listening, that you are a great father and you are a good father and that their identity is greater than their blackness and the color of their skin, but their identity is what you've said they are from the very beginning. That they are sons and daughters of the Most High God. That they were created in your likeness and we were created in your image. I pray for my black brothers and sisters, God, that bitterness would not take root in our hearts. Anger and strife would not take root in us because that only enslaves us the more. So would you deliver us, God, from any bitterness or anger or malice or strife? Would you break those bonds and those chains and those shackles off of our lives? And Lord, I pray for worth into the black community, for value into the black community, for identity into the black community, that you are our ever-living hope, that if all fails, we can fix our eyes and look at you, Jesus, knowing that you are the author and finisher of our faith. I pray for hope, God, in this hour to arise, that there is hope for America. I pray, God, for revival and for an outpouring of your spirit. In Jesus' name, yeah. amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Um, how can people find you on Instagram and um, Facebook? Well, I am on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Jonathan Trumel Postel. Uh, Trumel is spelled T-R-U-M-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Jonathan Trumel Postel Postel, P-O-S-T-E-L-L. -L. Uh, Jonathan is with the H and an O-N at the end. So I know that's a lot of letters, but you can find me if you want to look for me there. Uh, I do feel in this hour that my, my voice 
uh, is important. Yeah. Uh, I say that in humility. Yeah. It's something I've, I've not done this. I've not done a lot of posting on this in the past, but I feel that the Lord has called me to do this and called me in this hour for this time. Yeah. And so I'm speaking up. And so well, bless everyone that's yeah. listening. I appreciate it. Thank you for yeah, having me. I, I wanted to say before we signed off that I do believe, Jonathan, that the Lord has called you um, as a voice in this hour of love. And I just believe, um, I just believe that you have a lot to quake. It, I love, I was talking to a friend, of, a mentor of mine this week, and she said, I was like, if a hundred of us just walked forward with the solution, imagine the impact. She goes, Jamie Lynn, it only takes one. Martin Luther King shifted everything forever. Jesus shifted everything forever. And he put the, God put the same spirit of God that was leading Jesus in each of us. And it just takes one person to shift and change everything. It really does. And that's yeah. why submitted to Jesus as Lord. And that's not weak for people listening. It is not weak. It is the highest power you can walk in, in love. And the people who've made the greatest impact on earth understand love and humility. They're not weak. And so all that to say, I just want to encourage you, John, I believe you have that spirit in you. And I cannot wait to watch and celebrate and be a part of the story, the journey, however Lance and I are called to do that. And I just want to encourage everybody who's tuning in, if you enjoy this, share this with your friends. Don't passively, aggressively share it with them, but share yeah. it because it's informative and it's encouraging. And um, let us know what you think. And I encourage you to go subscribe to this podcast. Leave a written review. Let me know your thoughts. And just know that you are loved. And don't give in to the, rhetor the rhetoric of hate, accusation, um, that's demonizing people just because they don't agree with every single thing that you agree with on this topic. Continue to listen and love and be led by the spirit of God as a peacemaker. And, and we're not all going to agree, period. But one thing we can agree on, and I can't imagine that, you, that anybody would listen if you're not a believer to this podcast, because it is a Christian podcast. One thing we can all stand around is that Jesus is Lord and he's a peacemaker. And so thank you guys Amen. for coming in. Thank you, John. Love you. You guys. Thank you, Jamie Lynn. Love you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, so the thing is, is that when, when we consider, um, when people talk about systemic racism, for instance, uh, people are not saying, um, they're not talking about just today. They're not just saying, oh, oh, woe is me today, and woe is what is happening to us today. When people consider systemic racism, they are talking about decades, if not centuries, of oppression that have happened to black people. And we've got to come to terms, white, black, and whomever, but let's talk to white people for a moment. We've got to come to terms with the facts and the reality that we have some, some sin issues in our nations in regarding to the oppression of black people. And we cannot be so dismissive of that history. We cannot be, we cannot be so dismissive of that history. And so 